What do you think Oklahoma is? Is this a football school or a softball school? And explain why. (laughs) Okay. It's definitely a softball school. Oh. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Sooner fans? This is your host, Jeremiah Hall, number 27 on the field, but number one in your hearts. Today with me, you already know who it is, my right-hand man, number nine on the field, Braden Willis. And this is the podcast on the prairie. Braden. What's up, big dog? Hey, bro. I'm feeling good, man. We off the bye week. I feel good. I know, right? You know I'm laughing, right? At me? <laughs> yes. Why? what I do? We can't discuss it on the podcast, but you know I'm laughing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, I'm actually I'm happy to do this podcast. For some reason, I'm in like the best mood ever. Like I'm I'm cheesing. I don't know. I just I just feel good, you know. I got a story to tell though. I I got a story to tell about this past weekend. No, I got it here. You told me you had one, so you, you gotta let me know. You gotta fill me in. All right, I got you. So Sooner fans, you guys know we had the bye this weekend. Thank God for the bye. We'll talk about the games here in a second. But we were, we got off Thursday, so we had practice Friday morning. I mean, no, we got off Thursday evening. We had practice Thursday morning. And so I was home Thursday evening, Friday, Saturday. I get back Sunday evening, right? So I got back. Uh, we're recording. Today's Monday. So I got back yesterday, right? I'm so stupid, bro. I left my light on in the car. And so when I tried to crank my car up, it was completely dead. I'm talking like none of the lights would even turn on. It was so dead. So my car is old. It's a 2005 Honda Element. I can't wait to get a new one. But anyways, that's not the point. The point is, I was like, okay, I'm in a parking garage by the airport. There's people coming in and out all the time. And I'm just like, bro, like it can't, it can't be that hard to get a jump, right? So I tracked down one, one guy, right? I was like, yo, he was pulling out. He was backing out the uh, he was backing out the parking lot. And then I guess he got scared because he slammed on the brakes. And I was like, yo, can you help me out? I need a jump. And the guy must have thought that I was trying to rob him or something because he was like, I'm sorry, bro. I can't help. Um, I don't have cables. I'm like, no, no, no. It's no problem. I have cables. He was like, sorry, bro. I'm in a rush. And like skirts off, like doesn't even let me get anywhere near the car because I was like walking towards him because I was out of breath from like tra- chasing him down. And this happens literally like two more times. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't think, I don't know if it was a little bit of discrimination going on. I don't know if it's because I'm 6'2 and I just look scary. But, bro, it happens two more times. And then I find this old, this older guy, right? I meet him downstairs. I see him downstairs on the second floor. My car was on the third. And I was like, hey, can you help me, sir? I promise you I'm not trying to rob you. I just need a jump, man. It's like 8 o'clock at night. I just want to go home. I'm tired. And he's like, okay, I'm going to come upstairs and help you. I'm like, okay, man, you can't miss it. I'm right above you. I was like, I'm going to just take the stairs. I won't even bother you anymore. I'll see you in a second. He never comes. Wow. I know, bro. That's not even the worst part. So, like, uh, I guess, yeah, never mind. That's probably the worst part. So, I see a lady with kids. She says no because, obviously, her kids are there. And then, finally, this older guy, I pull the football card, bro. I'm like, hey, I'm Jeremiah Hall, Oklahoma football. (laughs) Like, can you please help me out? And the guy was like, sure, like I got you, bro. But he comes over. Um, you know, obviously he's talking about the games and stuff. We got a bye weekend, but I I forgot to ask if he listened to the podcast or not. But I mean, anyway, shout out to the shout out to the guy. I never got his name. Him and his wife uh gave me a jump and I was able to make it home, bro. But man, I guess I guess I'm just scary looking. I don't know. I was gonna say you must be menacing or something. I mean, dang. I didn't even have a hood or a hat on, man. So I don't know. I mean, I can understand it looks weird somebody asking you for some help in a parking garage, but I was desperate. <laughs> so man, I, I would have been heated. I would have yeah. been heated. That was my return to Norman. Yeah, nothing like uh, having to ask for a jump in the, a parking garage when you get back, bro. I hope I don't need to do it ever again. Well, oh. dang. I mean, I don't have any uh, exciting stories or. Not exciting, I guess. More so uh, traumatizing stories. <laughs> Let me get <laughs> like it. You got, a, you got a shopping story again? Well, technically. Oh, my God. Technically. Go. Tell the people so, about it. Actually, before this, before this episode, I was uh, driving around. I'm trying to find some cologne, okay? I went home. I was with my family. 
I, there's this cologne my dad had. He don't ever use it, but I mean, I never heard of it before. So I was kind of like, I'll leave it for him. You know what I'm saying? Smelled it. Man, it smelled great. I'm like, I got to get this. So I come up here, right? And today I'm going, I'm looking around. I go to, uh, I go to, uh, Sephora and the JC Penney's. I go to, uh, Dillard's. And then I'm like, I, I travel the uh, Ulta. Ulta was the last one. I'm like, man, I'm going everywhere for this clump. None of them had it. I look on my, uh, I look on, I look online. I call around. Literally, no one has it in the area. So there was one store that had it like 20 miles away in OKC, but at this time it was like five, six o'clock. I'm like, I'm not going to OKC at this time. Like, it's going to take me 45 minutes to get there, like 45 minutes to get back. I'm really not trying to make that trip right now. Then I remembered I had an Amazon gift card from Granny. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out Granny for the early birthday gift, you know. And so I'm going to use that to purchase my cologne because I happened to see that it was on Amazon. Boom. So shout out Granny, man. I mean, and it's a win-win because it's a win-win because I'm saving all money and I'm saving the trip. Shout out to the grandmas, man. I actually, I'm sitting here with my uh, birthday card from my grandma. That it I don't get better than open. grandmas, man. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, boy. Oh, speaking of, before we move on to around the world in college football, the lady who asked what the antler sign was. A long time ago on Twitter that I always throw up after I score. Uh, this is my fraternity for those that can see on YouTube or Twitter or whatever Alex decides to do. Um, Omega Psi Phi. Yeah. Purple and gold, baby. Shout out to the gang. But anyways, moving on to uh, around the world in college football, man. I really only want to talk about four, maybe five games. And everybody knows which ones they are. So I'm heated. Let's let's go ahead and get started, bro. So oh, first one, first one's up. We're not gonna spare anybody on this one. Michigan State, Purdue, 40 to 29. Michigan State goes down. Mm, it's a sad day, man. What 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 was Purdue? Purdue was unranked. Yeah, Purdue is unranked. Uh, they were ranked at one point in the season after they beat uh Iowa. And then I think they lost the next week. And uh, yeah, so I, they're unranked, but man, you just got to call the uh, the boilermakers, the uh, spoilermakers, or something like. Yeah. Bro, there was a, a a stat that was on the screen after the game because I was watching them: seventeen wins versus AP top five opponents. That is nuts. Whoa, bro, that is nuts. So basically, they choose when to turn it on and turn it off, huh? I guess they they have a different different gear when it comes to top top five teams, because bro, like yeah. what? Fun fact: their boy O'Connell, the Purdue, the Boilers, their uh, their quarterback, he threw for five hundred and thirty six yards. So, yeah, if that tells you anything, how the game went? Mm. Yeah, he was he was throwing the ball around. Also, they had a receiver. Can't remember his name. Uh, number three, but he was balling. Uh, so shout out to him because he was. I'm a believer, <laughs> David Bell. I'm a believer. He oh, he was boy. balling. I'm a I'm a believer. Send him. Send that man to the league. Give him his money. I'm a believer. Yes, sir. Pay that man. So next game we got Ohio State versus Nebraska. Mm. 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 I'll let you talk about that one, man. Mm. I, I you know, honestly, Nebraska really should have won this game. They had like four opportunities in the last like eight and minutes. field goal kicker missed two field goals. Bro, I think. are yeah. you kidding? Oh my gosh, I feel bad for the kicker, but man, <sighs> man, and then everybody was clowning us for our Nebraska game, man. Yeah, I, I know, mean, right? Un- unranked too. What is what is what is Nebraska's record? Um, they're unranked. They're, they three. they don't have a great record, but what everybody fails to realize is that Nebraska every single. Almost every single game that they played in has been like a loss by a touchdown or less. So it's, you know, I mean, I, I just hope that everybody can see, you know, the the proclaimed Ohio State do the same thing as what we did. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. later on in the season. So I, I just think it's weird how the narrative is like, oh, OU plays these guys close and Ohio State beats a gritty uh, Nebraska, Nebraska you know, team. Y'all know how it is, Sooner fans. I don't got to explain it to y'all. I will say, though, that uh, the kid, 
Um, Jay Smith for Ohio State had 15 uh, receptions, over 200 yards, and a touchdown. So I think that's a program record I saw when I was watching the game. So shout out to him. Um, yeah, Jackson, my yeah. high school team played him in uh, – Played him uh, two years ago, probably my sophomore year in college. I went back for a bye week. He played for Rockwall, and he did the same thing on my high school team while I was there on the sideline. So that wasn't fun. Yeah. yeah next so, game yeah. up, Tulsa versus Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Unranked. <laughs> Again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody sees a pattern here, but it's hard to win games in college football. Am I, am I wrong? It's hard to win games, man. We say it all the time. I mean, th- just the level of consistency and details and, you know, hard work that goes into it, man. It's hard to win college football games, man. It's, it's a hard thing to do. It is. There is a unranked pattern going on here. I don't I don't know. We're never going to talk bad on any other team, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I doubt they drop in the polls, though. What, what you think? You think they're going to drop? Probably not. Does does anybody drop because they played a a close game this week? I, I'm not sure. If anybody, if anything, we probably drop because we didn't play a game. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, moving on. I, I don't think I wasn't going to talk about this one, but you know, we talk about my boy Sam so much. Wake Forest and uh, North Carolina. So I saw him chop. I saw both Sams, both Sam Howell and Sam Hartman chopping it up before the game. Uh, we all know each other. Um, Sam just got Sam Hartman, uh, Wake Forest QB. He just got the short end on the stick. Uh, both quarterbacks played a great game. I think Sam, uh, I had the stats pulled up. Sam had um, about 400 yards for Wake Forest. Um, Sam Howe, he played a great job, didn't turn the ball over. So, uh, yeah, uh, Carolina wins 58 to 55. Just wanted to touch up on that one. Also, shout out Coach Beamer for the oh. big win over Florida. Can't oh, leave yeah. that out. Shout out to boy. Ah, I had to shoot him. We had we all shot him a text this weekend. Shout out to our yep. coach Beamer or our former coach Beamer. You know, he, we in still a way, have a group message with him. So yeah. I mean, it's still all love. He knows what's up. I mean, yeah. I bro, I really feel like the guys over there play for him, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's easy to play for a guy like that, but man, I really feel like they play for him, man, and they played hard for him. I mean, not a, even not just a win, like a a blowout win. Exactly. Over Florida. So, yeah, shout out Definitely. to Coach Beamer and the boys. We played hard for him, so I know exactly how those boys feel. But real quick, guys, before we move on, looking at the Baylor Bears, who we got coming up this weekend, I think at 11 a.m. at Baylor. So um, we got a chance to watch them last week and uh, obviously this weekend because we have a bye. Uh, from an offensive perspective, looking at their defense, uh, their secondary, they, they fly around the ball to the ball, you know, specifically – um, they're, uh, they're backers and they're, uh, they got one guy who moves all over the field. So we won't talk about it too much, but really good team. This will be a challenge for us. You know, um, I really don't have much else to say, but uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I actually like playing in Waco. Yeah. I, I like their fans. I like their stadium too. So I was going to say last time we were in, uh, Waco, it was a electric atmosphere and obviously everybody knows how that game was, but even besides the the whole game standpoint and how the game went, just being there was electric, you know. So it's going to be a fun game and great opponent, great defense that we're going to be facing. So it'll be a good challenge for us. So, yep. Moving on in our special episode for this week, we got some special speakers for you guys coming up next. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the woman of the our the softball champ the national champ jocelyn allo what's up jocelyn hey how are you i'm doing good thank you for coming on to the show yeah of course thank you for having me i've been waiting for you guys to have me on here so you've been well, waiting we, for invite well, we've been waiting for you to come on so i mean i guess it's perfect timing guys and i was like maybe they'll ask me maybe i'm cool enough to be on here you know, honestly, you're not the first person to say that. Like, the more popular we get, the more sooner athletes want to come on to the show. And I'm just like, man, like, we can only have so many on per week, you know? Seriously. I mean, being fair, I don't know how pop. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter how popular we get. I don't know if it's going to be if uh, more. I don't know if the show is going to get as popular as like we can't have you on or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to get to that point. So, <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. 
Thank you. <laughs> you know what? It's our bye week. You know, the super guest special we had to have you on. So, you know what? You know, we're not going to waste any more time. Our first question for you, Jocelyn, how hated are you by opposing pitchers, right? Because, you know, you're always hitting bombs outside of the park. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. You're probably one of the most hated batters in the entire Big 12, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say hated. I would just say I give the pitchers a run for their money for sure. Um, but no, I'm actually like friends with a lot of people that I play against. So it's really hard for people to hate me. I would say I'm a really nice person too, but in the box, like for the most part, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you probably. So <laughs> it's game on. <laughs> yeah. My next question for you though, your seven home runs behind Lauren Chamberlain in the NCAA career home runs record. Um, are you coming for Lauren or do you have any comments about that? Like, are you, are you trying to beat the record? Like, is there anything that you have to say? Um, I mean, not to Lauren. We're all really good friends. We've always talked about it for a long time. Um, but I for sure have wanted the home run record for a while now. And ever since um, I started realizing the kind of hitter that I was, was when I was like, dang, like this home run record could actually be a thing um, that I could attain. And I'm pretty close to doing that. So um, I think that'll be pretty cool, but definitely that's not what I'm focused on at all. Like if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I've been wanting for a while now. Nah, love that. Love that. I, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start asking the real questions. Okay. I'm going to start off with a heated question. All right. A little, a little a trickier one. What do you think Oklahoma is? Is this a football school or a softball school? Uh, and explain why. <laughs> okay. It's definitely a softball school. No, I'm just oh. Oh. <laughs> It's a football school. I think it's football and softball. You know, we both bring in a lot of revenue. We're both very loved by our Sooner fans. Um, we may win a little bit more natties here and there, but it's all good. Fair uh, enough. No, I definitely think that both programs are evenly matched, evenly coached. The athletes um, speak for themselves. So I definitely think it's just softball, football school. And fair Brandon, enough. Did you hear how she said we definitely win a little bit more natties than you guys? Well, you, you know what? That? I can't really even be mad about it because, it's, I mean, you know, until proven otherwise, it's facts. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Oh my goodness. In recent memory, you know what I'm saying? I can't really be mad at it. It's he facts. Just that in there like it was nothing. Like, it's oh, facts. We, I mean, we definitely win more in natties than you guys. It you is know? harder, though, for <laughs> say because you guys only have like 12 games, right? And then it's like playoffs. Right. We play 70 plus games a year. So I would say it's definitely yeah, harder on you guys for sure. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, I, that's something that we talk about all the time as a football program. You know, it's we have less opportunities, so those opportunities that we get, we have to be, you know, really good when we get when we get out there, whatever the case may be. And we got to when we have to when we find stuff that we have to improve on. You know, we have to really take those steps quickly because we don't have that many opportunities. But yeah, that kind of leads me into my next question: Is um, can you explain like? The state of, I mean, obviously, because I want to know this because going like watching y'all's you know, the softball tournament last year, like it was actually like a really big deal. And I had fun watching it. Like I was actually kind of like upset when y'all were done playing and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously, all the guys were cheering y'all on and everything like that. So, can you explain like the state of the softball and, you know, the US and like where it's going and everything like that? Yeah, I definitely am very happy with the recognition that softball is getting now. Um, and I only think that it's going to improve from here on out because, like, I think people now see the value, are starting to see the value in women's sports. And I think that that is so important because, like, as much as it is 
as as fun as it is as it, as fun as it is to watch you guys, I think we're definitely capable of bringing that type of fun and that type of energy too to the table. So I, yeah, I'm definitely very happy with the state that softball's in now, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. So yeah. You know, I'm I'm excited as well. You know, I enjoy watching you guys. You know, I don't think there's any other sport in this world that I watch more than Oklahoma softball, to be honest. Like, I don't even watch NFL games as much as I watch you guys. Like, I'm constantly tuned in, especially when it comes to the World Series. You know, you guys are always there. But, man, when you guys make it there, like, there's not a game that I miss. So I'm locked in on you guys for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Just like postseason softball, anything can happen in postseason softball. Like JMU beating us, coming out of like the woodworks and us like making the comeback all the way to winning the Natty. Like it's crazy how much can happen at, in postseason softball. Yeah, for sure. You know, speaking of JMU beating you guys, that just goes to show how many more opportunities that. <laughs> that you have more than football to make it to the national championship. Because when JMU beat you guys, I was just like, yo, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that girl is that girl is fine. What, what's her name again? Do you remember her Odyssey, name? Alexander. Something Alexander, right? Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. pretty old. She's- did, you, did you have a chance to talk with her or anything like that? Yeah, I did. So before um, when we were doing, like, the – uh, media day stuff for the world series. I was talking with her then. And then I actually seen her at the SBs later. She's super cool girl. Um, really great athlete as well. And definitely challenged me as a hitter. Um, but yeah, she's such a cool person. I loved meeting her. Yeah. She struck she you out what, a couple of times. Once or twice? No, just once, just once. What? <laughs> <laughs> she's a baller though. I will give her that. She was balling. Just once. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, Jocelyn. Yeah, just once. <laughs> Jocelyn's like, just once. Don't get it twisted. Just once. Hold on now. Hold yeah. on. Calm down now. No, okay. Oh, but boy. I, I know that y'all come come to a lot of our games. What do y'all do at our games? Y'all be talking mess? Y'all like talk mess to the, you know, the opposite team or whatever? Like, I just want to know. Like, I want to know what goes on in the stands. Um, because the student sections right behind the opposing team were like, you're not going to win this game, blah, blah, blah. Who do you guys think you are stepping on this field? Like, <laughs> well, we got you guys. Don't worry. Um, Giving them an earful. <laughs> yeah. And then Jada is just yelling at Billy the whole time. I just think it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, True. man. I've, I've met Jada multiple times, and, man, she is a character. That's funny, though. I'm totally she's not surprised. Like, she's crazy. Right. Right. Well, another question I wanted to get in with a little bit of time we have. So we have this whole new thing called NIL, right? And I know that you have more followers than both of me and Braden combined. <laughs> so probably like about how, 10 times over. Exactly, right? So how important or how significant do you think I was – has NIL been to Oklahoma softball or just softball in general in the NCAA? Um, I definitely think it's very beneficial, um, not only just to me, but to girls all over as well. Like you see these guys getting cars and stuff and getting all these deals, but it's so good to see girls getting those same value of things. So I definitely think that it's going to be a great thing this year, but I think it's going to have a lot of girls really grow up and mature because now, like, if you don't perform, you're not going to get those deals. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not um, competing academically, then you're not going to be on the field to be able to get those things. So it's definitely going to help a lot of people um, mature in a good way. So just focusing on what you need to focus on and just letting things play out the way that they need to. Honestly, I think that you guys have an even greater opportunity than some of us because honestly, even though we play football, if you're not, you know, like Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler, basically if you're not the quarterback or Marvin Mims, you're not really getting the amount of attention as you might think compared to, you know, if you're you or maybe even, you know, Nicole Mendez as a, as a past player, Olympian and all other stuff. 
I think a lot more girls are willing to follow and spend money on you guys than guys are. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but I'm in an MBA program, and a little bit of research that I found as a student is that women are willing to make or not make, but women are willing to spend more money than men. So I think that maybe the softball has an even greater opportunity than the football program. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't um, know if I'm right on that, I just, but I just think it's going to be crazy to see everything playing out. And like, I want people to do things for the right reasons. You know, like for me, this whole NIL thing, like, yes, it's good. Um, now that I'm still in college and whatever, but I, my main thing was I want to, um, be able to help my family out later. So definitely like with those bats and stuff, like my sister's, um, I have two younger sisters that play softball. So like if I can get them like bats, gloves, helmets year round, that's money my parents don't have to spend. Um, plus my sister just committed to Portland State. So like if I can save up enough money to put like some away for her, like whenever she does go to college, just to make sure that she's good. Like I'm thinking long term things and not much like short-term stuff for sure. So I definitely hope that people do it for the right reasons too. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a good point that you hit on that a lot of people don't realize. And hopefully after this podcast, people will realize is that we have families, you know, and we're trying to help out our families the best we can as well. And, you know, every little, you know what I'm saying? If there's something that we can do to help out our family, as far as NIL, then we're going to do it. But like you said, we're not going to let it take take our focus away from the main thing. And I think that's what makes y'all do or makes y'all so good as a program is that y'all are going to do like we did and focus on the main thing and not let it distract y'all. Well, Jocelyn, we have one more question for you. We saw that you, the softball team and the baseball team were going up against each other, right? Coming up soon. I think what next week? This Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, all right? We're recording this ahead of time, Sooner Nation, so it's probably going to pass by the time you guys see this. But Sooner Nation, Jocelyn, we want to know, me and Braden have a little bit of baseball history, right? So if we were to go against you guys, right, just, you know, as a as a one-on-one against you and your best pitcher, out of 10, how many, how many hits do you think that me and Braden would get? I say if you guys go up against Jordy Ball, who I think is like she's just been dealing it to me this whole time. Uh-huh. I definitely think you guys are gonna go over. Like she is oh, for. good. She's freaking You good. said over oh, ten? Over, oh, yes. Over. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I see, I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I got a little bit of baseball background. You know, I played a little bit of ball in, in high school, you know what I'm saying? My team have went to state, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, maybe I can rattle off one or two. Like I, I got full respect. I got full respect. I got full respect for the softball girls, but I, I as a competitor, I can't say that I would go 0 for. Oh my god, not even one. To go three for ten, that's super good. That's oh yeah, for sure. If you okay. go three for ten, so okay, so so not e- not even one. You know, I'll give you guys one. I'll give you guys one. But I will say, like Jordy Ball, okay, she throws seventy miles an hour with a hard drop ball, and she has a rise yeah. ball and a changeup. So you just you don't know what's gonna come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that sounds very complicated, and I I, I don't you know. I don't look forward to getting into that box anytime soon. I'm well past my heyday in terms of hitting. So I'm going to let y'all have that one. (laughs) You know, honestly, when you put it in perspective like that, going three for 10 in softball or baseball is good. You know, I'll I'll take my one out of 10. You know, I'm not mad. Yeah. Like it's a 300 batting average is average, which is like you're above average right there, I would say. So like. It's it's hard to hit a ball. <laughs> you know, coming from someone that's well above average in the NCAA, I'll I'll take that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. For sure. You know what, Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on to the show. That's all we got for you today. Is there anything that you want to leave Sooner Nation with? Anything on your mind? Anybody want you want to shout out? Um, 
I definitely just want to say I hope to see you guys um, at softball games and always shout out to Hawaii. I love you guys and hope to see you guys soon in 2022. Um, but yeah, sooner forever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sooner Nation, you heard it here first from Jocelyn Allo. Shout out to Hawaii and also teammates, brothers, if you are listening, show up to the softball games, man. They're actually pretty fun. You know, if you've never been to a softball game, I honestly think that they have a lot more energy than basically any other competitive sport that we have at OU, any other football game, any other softball game that you've ever been to, any baseball game, any basketball game, I enjoy going to the softball games, and you've heard it from one of the best. Thank you, Jocelyn, for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jeremiah, how many balls have you fumbled at OU? One. Well, statistically, zero. How about you? Zero, and let's try to keep it that way. Yeah, no doubt. And the same goes for off the field with, you know, those balls. Oh, man, that shouldn't be a worry. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Ever since Manscaped hooked us up with the brand new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the only balls I have to worry about taking care of are the ones on the field. Manscaped has me covered off the field. For sure. And if you want to get the performance package 4.0, you get more than just the lawnmower 4.0. The package includes a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts performance box briefs and the shed travel bag you know lately with all the rankings going on i I was thinking there's a good thing that there isn't a committee ranking top four men's grooming uh companies every week because that'd be a waste of time i mean man's gonna be one every time am i right for sure it's so true and you know we talk about drip or drown every week a key part of dripping is making sure you're cleaned and groomed where people can and can't see Exactly, J-Hall, because if you're clean, you know down there, you'll be feeling clean everywhere. Jordan Braden and I and the two million men worldwide in using Manscaped to ensure the best quality in men's grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PRAIRIE. That's PRAIRIE, P-R-A-I-R-I-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code Prairie. You said 20% off. That's a no-brainer. 20% off and you get free shipping just by using the code Prairie. That's a great deal, man. All right, Jay Hall. Let's no more of the ball tape. Let's get back to the other ball talk, man. Yes, sir. Okay, Sooner Nation. Our second guest of this special episode, the national champion, the world champion, the do-it-all gym. Gymnastics person, man. I don't even know what else to say. Maggie Nichols, what's up, Maggie? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for coming on. Hey, for sure. Maggie. All right. So, Maggie, I got to start this off by a quick story, right? This isn't even on the script. So, I, I just got to tell, I got to tell Sooner Nation how we met, right? So, I know yeah. exactly what he's going to say. He's fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> no i remember it really well too so oh my gosh let me Good just time. get this story out maggie already knows what i'm about to say i've told okay i'm fanboying okay okay jeez all right it's okay man okay real quick real quick all right sooner nation so so you guys know i'm a i'm a fifth year senior right i'm old right i've been in the game for a while a while okay so I arrive on campus in 2017, right? I have a little I have a little back injury, okay? So I got to go get an MRI. This is like my second or third week on campus. Okay? So I get dropped off at the at the place. I don't know where I was at, but I can I can't even remember, but I get dropped off to get my MRI, right? And um I'm sitting patiently waiting, quiet, minding my own business, and I and I see this girl sitting next to me, okay? She's wearing a Sooner shirt. I think at the time I was wearing a Sooner shirt. And um, I introduced myself. I say, hey, like, I just got to OU. Like, what's your name? You know, my name's Jeremiah. And um, this girl says her name is Maggie, right? So long story short, right? I introduce myself. I get her Instagram and everything. And um, 
I did I didn't look at her Instagram at the time though. I was just like, oh, okay, hey, what's up? Okay, I'll look at it later. And so whenever my Instagram is all over, I mean not my Instagram, whenever my MRI is all over and I go back in the car with whoever dropped me off, I pull up her Instagram and go to follow her back, right? This girl has like 150,000 followers and is super <laughs> duper popular. And I'm like, who did I just talk to? And it is oh my gosh. none other. <laughs> it is none other than the amazing woman that we have today on our podcast, Maggie <laughs> Nichols. Oh my gosh. What a great story. What a great story. Maggie's going to take that one to the grave. It's crazy. I know. It was like like it happened yesterday, no? I know. Dang. Yeah, he's going to take that one to the grave. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Well, we won't waste any time, Maggie. You know, we're just going to hop right into it, right? So my first question of the day. A lot of kids do gymnastics, right? When they're young, when they're growing up. When did you realize that you were just better than everyone else? Um, I think I really realized when I was about like seven or eight. Um, my coaches kind of pulled me out of my uh, group and the level that I was in and had me do, you know, extra turns. I was in the gym more hours than everyone else. And they were kind of just like um, moving me up like doing harder skills and things like none of the other girls were doing. So I kind of realized at a younger age, just because I was doing stuff all by myself and moving a lot faster than the girls um, that were my age. Um, But I think when I really realized that I had a shot at like going to the Olympics or world championships, I was probably around 12. Um, Just when I was training with girls that were 18 years old, way older than I was. And I kind of was just, um, you know, training by myself and the coaches were, you know, giving me harder assignments and things like that. But was that frustrating, you know, growing up or did you take it as a challenge or what were you thinking at such a young age? Because I know I know that, you know, gymnastics, you typically hit your peak at a younger age compared to football or basketball. I know you got to get started early. So was that frustrating? It definitely was. There were times, but I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I think since I was like five, my dream was to go to the Olympics. And so I love doing the extra work. I love the hard days. I didn't love it at the time, but you know, looking back, but I, I just, I always wanted to be better. I wanted to, you know, be the best that I could and get as good as I possibly could and, you know, make it to world championships and make it to Olympic trials and things like that. So, you know, those hard days and those frustrating days, we're definitely worth it. And, um, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. Love it. Love it. Now, side question. Well, two side questions, actually. There, I know that uh, being a gymnast, you say long days, hard days. Now, I mean, when you talk about long days, those days are actually long. Like, <laughs> aren't y'all taking like all day to train? That That's a long yeah. day for y'all, right? Yeah. Before I came to college, I was training – um, some, some days, five hours, some days, seven hours. It kind of just depended on the days I switched off. Um, but you know, I only went to school half day and did the rest online. So, I mean, I, my whole life was gymnastics and training and, you know, going to the gym to weightlift and then going to practice and, you know, all of that. But coming to college, we still train four hours every single day. I mean, we have like a day or two off, but still a lot. I mean, you have to train consistently to be really good in the sport and continue to, you know, get stronger and things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. But then my second side question is, what makes a good gymnast? You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain attributes for a football player that, you know, you might be really strong. You might be really fast. You might have a really good bend, you know, to get around the edge. Like what 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 is the characteristic or some characteristics that makes a really good gymnast? I think there's a lot that builds a really strong gymnast. I mean, obviously you have to be a little bit of a daredevil and go for, you know, really scary skills and stuff. But also the discipline um, is a really big thing just because you have to be disciplined outside of the gym, inside of the gym. I mean, if you want to be a great gymnast, you can't be, you know, eating bad and staying up late and all that kind of stuff. So I think discipline's a huge thing. Um, you know, hard worker, uh, motivated, 
Um, but someone who has all of the factors together, I think, really builds a great gymnast. Love it. Speaking of being a great gymnast, you know, obviously we all know that you're one of those greats. What's going through your mind as you're getting ready to do a routine? Like, what do you think? Is there, or do you even think, or do you just go out there and just say, like, you know, forget everything else. I'm gonna just go out there and do my job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I definitely think, but I think for me, something that really helped me become such a dominant gymnast um, in practice, I was really hard on myself and I kind of had the mindset of a competition every single turn that I took. And I would say like, okay, this is a competition routine. This is this, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that really prepared me for competitions. And when I was um, competing, you know, my coaches put me in the position to, you know, hit a great routine. They know I'm going to hit it. I've done the training, you know, so I would just, you know, get in my zone um, and really just say, like, do what you do every day and don't do anything different and show everyone what you've been working so hard for. You know, I kind of thrived off that because no one really sees what you do behind the scenes in practice and they come out to your competitions to watch you and support you. And so I kind of wanted, you know, put on a little show and show them what I've been working so hard for and to, you know, help the team win um, that competition or a national championship. Of course. Right. So is there do you consider yourself to have a specialty in any of the events? Like, is there one that you know that you're better than in the other compared to any of the rest? Um, so I did all around. So I competed all of them. But I think I was better at bars and beam. Um, you know, I had a ton of different skills on those events. Um, so I'd say that those two are my specialty, but I always tried to be consistent on all four events, like difficulty wise. So, um, I don't know. That was something I always just set a big goal for myself to be like very consistent, but probably bars and beam. <laughs> you know, I remember as a freshman going to one of the meets and watching you do your floor routine, your floor <laughs> routine. And I was like, man, like this girl is so like just expressive, yeah. you know, special. And I don't know. It was just the energy that not only you, but your teammates provided. And I was just like, mm -hmm. man, like I've never watched. I, I, I never grew up watching gymnastics just because it, it wasn't just something that I was into. But seeing yeah. you perform and the rest of your teammates cheer you on as well as the rest of the gang, you know, you're part of the reason why I watch even to this day. So I yeah. I, I, I love watching you and, and the rest of the yeah. OU Center Nation. So thanks. You know, I think more out. people should come out and see how exciting it really is because I think people don't really realize gymnastics is as exciting that it is. Like you said, like you didn't really expect that, but I mean, gymnastics is such like a unique sport. Like it's different than everything, every other sport. So if you're listening to this, please come out and support us. <laughs> teammates teammates everybody yeah. rally the troops we're gonna be there in full Woo. we got you no, i won't be competing but i'll be coaching so <laughs> there you go we'll be there sweet man another question we have so you were a contender for the 2016 olympics right and you probably would have made it if not for a knee injury so at the time what was going through your mind when you found out that you weren't going to make the team yeah, it was, it was a really difficult time. Um, I had surgery just like two or three months, I think before Olympic trial. So I definitely wasn't at my strongest and it was hard because, um, right before that knee injury, I was like the second behind Simone. Um, so it was, it was really disappointing going into Olympic trials, not being at my best. Um, but you know, I was like, I'm at Olympic trials, like I'm going to enjoy this and do the best that I can. And you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I also had the mindset, like, I'm going to Oklahoma after this. So, you know, it's a win-win either way. So I just tried to stay positive and I was blessed to even be at Olympic trials and, you know, wear USA again. So that kind of just helped me. And then knowing that I was going to Oklahoma was, um, you know, helped as well. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, going going through all that, and obviously, I know you have met a lot of great people, great gymnasts like Simone, like you mentioned, and everything like that. Uh, can you talk about some of the relationships that we have with some of them great gymnastic gymnasts? Yeah, uh, yeah. Me and Simone were best friends um, for a long, long time. I mean, we were always roommates together. The national staff always put us together because we kind of just clicked, and we kind of were all the two goofy ones. Like we are always the ones like 
dancing, listen to fun music and the, the loud ones in the group. So they always put us together. So me and Simone always had such a great relationship. And she actually came to a couple OU gym meets. So that was really fun. And I saw her recently in Washington, D.C. And I felt like our relationship was um, the same as it always has been. But, you know, being able to watch her compete and become the absolute best gymnast that's ever walked the earth is it's such an honor and to be her friend is, is an honor as well. And, um, you know, I was friends with a lot of them, you know, like Allie Raisman, Kyle Ross, Madison Koshin, Michaela Maroney, all of them. Um, so it's really cool to, you know, still be in contact with all of them and be great friends. Cause we've, you know, been through a lot of stuff together, the ups and the downs and, um, you know, winning world championships together. So just those great memories and great friendships along the way, which is, I, I best, I think the best part of it. So. Of course. Yeah. Of course, you know, just winning world championships, you know, just knowing gold medalist and no big deal. I mean, no big deal. No, for sure, man. Um, Maggie, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Is there anything that you want to shout out to Sooner Nation or anybody that you want to mention? Any, anything you want to talk? About? Uh, um, I think I just want to say like thank you, Sooner Nation, for like all the support you've given me over the years and the great relationships you've given me like Jeremiah and um, all the other football players and other athletes. So I think that's so great. And um, definitely come out to the gymnastics meets this year. We definitely would love your guys' support. So uh, get some season tickets and we'll see you in the stands. Hopefully. Lastly, you <laughs> mentioned, you mentioned coaching. Yes. Where will you be I'm coaching? Okay, so I'm getting my master's right now, and so I'm the student volunteer coach at OU. So I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> okay, all right, Sooner Nation, you heard it here first from our very own, the finest, the great Maggie Nichols. Maggie, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, really I appreciate, appreciate your it. time. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Our last special guest for this podcast, he used to cover OU for the Oklahoman, where he was named the Beat Writer of the Year in 2016. He's previously covered the Arkansas Razorbacks for SCC Country. He is also an OU alum. Give it up for our guy, Jason Kersey. What's up, fellas? Thanks so much for having me. What's going on, Jason? What's up, Jason? Man, it's crazy. We're You're... I'm used to getting interviewed by, by you. you. <laughs> right, right. This is the other way around now. So now I'm I'm in your house now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we thought it would be cool to do like a little reverse interview type of deal just to switch things up for the bye week. Obviously, we've already had Maggie, we've already had Jocelyn, and now our guy isn't even an athlete or wait, hold on. Let me not disrespect you. Did you used to play ball or anything, Jason? I, I played in high school, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't very okay. good. I wasn't very good. Look, you, you definitely, you know, win in order of, you know, putting me last is, is, uh, is appropriate. Let's just put it that way. It's appropriate. Oh yeah. We put the heavy hitters first. huh? <laughs> you got to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on to the pod. You know, we don't like to waste any time on here, so we're just going to get straight on to it. I have the first question, and then I know my boy B. Willie, he's got some. We just go and pop these suckers off, right? All right. Sounds great. So my first question is, do you have a memorable moment um, from being confronted by a coach or a player for something negative that you've written about them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, a couple. A couple, actually. I remember the first time I ever got called, uh, kind of called out by a coach. It was a high school coach. I was like 19 covering a high school game. I had written something the previous week. I, I worked for this little newspaper called the Newcastle Pacer down in Newcastle, Oklahoma. And I'd written something. I had like quoted him and he thought I'd misquoted him, I think was the deal. And uh, he confronted me on the field after their next game, which they'd lost. So he was already in a bad mood. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> And uh, that was really uncomfortable, and I'm sure I didn't handle that great, um, but because uh, I didn't know what to do. But I, that guy, that guy's a great guy, and I ran into him about five years ago, and I told him he prepared me for Bob Stoops. So, oh. uh, <laughs> so he was, so he was, uh, so he he thought that was pretty funny. No, I mean I was just messing with him, but yeah. And then the other one would probably be, I mean, Bob, Bob and I had a really good relationship, but it it could be. 
it, I wouldn't say it could be confrontational. It's just Bob and I had a very open relationship in a lot of ways. Like if he was upset with me, I generally knew it because he would let me know. Um, right. But, I, but I do remember one instance in particular, he was upset with something I'd written and we used to, in the old red room, heck, probably before you guys' time, the old red room, we used to sit in there and wait for practice to be over to interview the players. And I just remember we weren't supposed to talk to Bob after that presser. And I just, we were all sitting there, all the uh, media was sitting there together. The door just pops open and it stoops. He goes, Jason. And he wanted to talk to me. So that was a little bit, a little bit uh, surprising too. As someone who grew up in Oklahoma, like went to OU, it was like Bob Stoops is pissed off at me. That was, that was something, but but you know, it, it's just the it's just part of the job, man. Sometimes it's confrontational. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> sometimes you, you sometimes you are the villain. I, I mean, it just comes with the territory, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's part of the job. If if it wasn't sometimes confrontational, it probably wouldn't be. I probably wouldn't be doing it right. So, most what coach would you say is the most media friendly? Oh man, Brett Bielema was was super media friendly when I covered him at Arkansas. He was really really easy to to deal with. Um, I'm trying to think the ones I've been around because I haven't been around a ton. I've only really covered OU and Arkansas, so I don't have a lot to compare it. But like I said, me and Stoops had a great relationship. Lincoln's always very very cool to us. I, I don't you know I mean we don't agree on everything all the time, but like I don't I don't have any major beef with Lincoln either. So I, I try to get along with everybody. All right. All right. Well, now it's my turn. I got a question for you. Uh, obviously, you went to OU, graduated from OU. So when when you, you know, assumed your profession as a beat writer, like, did you have to separate, you know, you, you being an OU fan from your job or did that just kind of continue? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good question. And I, I think a lot of people don't really understand. It's like it's hard it's hard to like cover a team objectively and also be emotionally attached to it. I think that's what makes us a little bit different than fans is that, you know, like fans can scream into the wilderness and get on social media and, you know, boo and do all that kind of stuff because they're fans. That's what they're supposed to do. Like not supposed to do, but you know what I mean? Like that's just what fans do. But we actually like talk to you guys. <laughs> so, like, right. we, we, we can't be emotionally attached to it like that, good or bad. Like, so I try to stay pretty neutral down the middle. I did grow up in Noble, just south of Norman. I grew up going to OU games with my dad. So, yes, I was a big OU fan when I was a kid. And, uh, but I'm pretty open about that. And then I did graduate from OU, but. Nowadays, yeah, I try to keep it pretty neutral because if you get too emotionally attached to it, it's just hard to do the job. It's hard to sit down and write an article after a game if you're like really emotionally charged up. You know, you kind of have to train that train that out of yourself almost, if that makes sense. Most definitely. I'm glad you play a neutral position because <laughs> as a player, there's nothing worse than having a bad game or doing something bad and then you have to see it on social media as well. So uh, thank you, Jason, for being a <laughs> positive face, <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my thing is I just try to shoot, shoot everybody straight. Uh, you know, you guys are probably annoyed sometimes to talk to us. I get that totally. One, one million percent. If there was somebody who, after every time I wrote an article, wanted to like get me on a zoom and then ask me why I use that word and that word, I'd probably be pretty annoyed too. So it's all <laughs> part of the deal, but but I get it. I get it. Cool, man. I have the next question. Um, you can answer either one of these. So what is the best game you've ever covered or who is the best player you've ever covered, both on the field and off the field? Okay. That's a, that's a great question. Best game would probably, you know, I'm sorry to bring this up, but that Rose Bowl with Georgia. Oh. I mean, I, I know that that's, but it's hard to top that. The setting and how yeah. beautiful it is out there, that stadium, and then that game going the way that it did. I know it didn't end in y'all's favor, and I'm sorry to bring that up, but it's kind of hard for me to to think of one better than that. I tell um, people all the time, that's my favorite game in the entire world that I've lost. Like, yeah, I've never been in an environment where I'm just like, man, like we lost, but like I walked away like, wow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And uh, just that that setting, I, I tell people all the time, that's the most beautiful scene for a game that I've ever seen. Just those mountains in the background. And it's yeah. just what a perfect place for college football, um, really. And best player on the field would probably have to be Baker or Kyler, probably, I would think. I mean, present company excluded, of course. Braden Willis and Jeremiah Hall are one and two. After them. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's hard to top Heisman winners, so I'd probably say Baker and Kyler. And then off the field, my favorite memory of of a guy that I covered was Eric Stryker. I don't know how well if you guys ever have gotten to meet him or know him, but um, when he was uh, between his junior and – this is like – a memory that I have between his junior and senior year is when the whole SAE crap happened and strike actually called me and asked me to come interview him. Cause he wanted to like get things off his chest and go public with how he felt about it. And it was an honor that he called me. It was like kind of shocking. That stuff doesn't happen very often. And by it very often, I mean ever, and that stuff never happens. And uh, I came away from that conversation not only like feeling like I'd done a good job building a relationship with him that he would trust me with that, but also, I mean, I, I learned a lot from that conversation. You know, I'm, as a person of, of my race who comes from where I come from, there's a lot of things I don't understand either. And so I've always, uh, I've always said Eric Stryker kind of somebody, because not only did I cover him and love covering him and love interviewing him, but I also learned a lot from him. Yeah, I remember Strike would still be around when I first got here. And man, he's he's a little smaller than I thought. But <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, Striker is uh Striker is honestly a great guy. I love watching him play is. on TV before I got to OU and in in person, you know, like I said, not only is a is he a great player, but he's really great to have a conversation with just talking about ball, not talking about ball, talking about off the field issues day-to-day life so I, I i don't i don't disagree with anything you just said i love strike he used sure. to come in he used to come into the interview room after practice and it would just be whatever was on his mind that day so like one day i'll never forget he came in and he's like we were all gathered around him he said before you ask me any questions i just want to talk to you about this history class i had today and then he talked for like 10 minutes about that and then we moved on to questions he was just such an interesting dude he really was <laughs> <laughs> maybe i need to start doing that yeah yeah maybe you should <laughs> oh boy brady you got one more yeah man of course um let's see how does okay this is one that i want to ask how does the ou fan base differ from the arkansas fan base oh man you're gonna get me in trouble um <laughs> be careful now uh, no. <laughs> tread lightly they're they're different because in Arkansas, it's just that's all that's there. Like that is it. Arkansas football is all that's in that entire state. Now there are smaller colleges. There's Arkansas State, whatever. But everybody in the state cares about Arkansas. It's like when they play, they're playing for the whole state. And you know, in, in Oklahoma, you've got OSU, you've got the Thunder, you've got like other things that people are interested in. But like it's there are more OU fans probably than Arkansas fans just because it's a, been a better program historically. But like when you're in the middle of it, it's just very different when people, I mean that hog call thing that they do, like I've seen that in some very weird places. Like they, they'll do that. They'll do that literally anywhere. Um, it's a little bit like if somebody shouts boomer in the airport, somebody shouts sooner back, but uh, it's just different. I, I don't know. They, and you know, that, that fan base has been a little bit tortured through the years. They haven't had as much success as the OU fan base has. So that, that creates some differences as as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to tread light. I don't want to insult anybody, but it's, uh, it's <laughs> they're different. They're just, they're different. They really sure. are different. Well, Jason, before we let you go, man, normally with your platform, you're talking about us, you're talking about sports, you're talking about what the people want to hear. Is there anything you want to talk to Sooner Nation about? Let them know what's going on. Maybe you have a history class that you want to ramble about for 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> oh man. I, I, I don't know. I, 
Uh, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to be lame off the top of my head. I don't know. I, I'm so used to talking to OU fans about OU that I don't know. It's, <laughs> you throw me off a little bit. Any, um, any wife and kids? Any Anything yeah. going on? Well, I don't have any kids. I'm, I'm married. Way out, you know, way out kicked my coverage on that one. Um, <laughs> wonderful, beautiful wife, new Manny. I just have a dog. That's that's about it. We uh dog named Buster, little Pomeranian. Okay. okay. So, um, so yeah, we dressed him up for Halloween. He was pretty pretty upset about that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry, I wish I had a better answer, Jeremiah. I You're really good, don't. Man. I, hey, hey, I, I'll say this: like, support all your bald friends, okay? You don't know what they're going. Oh yeah, through. that's what I want to say. There it yes, is, Yes, sir. <laughs> you don't, you don't know what it's like. Life. <laughs> hey, you don't oh, know what it's like. I think Braden is gonna shave his. Yeah, Braden. Braden. <laughs> Braden. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast on the Prairie, man. We really appreciate you and your time. Yeah, thank you, man, Jason. That was fun. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right, guys, that is all we have for this special episode of the podcast on the Prairie. Keep hitting us up on social media. Keep hitting us up on Twitter, however you can. Keep submitting questions, guys. We didn't have them this week, but we will have them next week. So shout out to the fans. We love y'all. Looking forward to playing this weekend. Peace out.